88.9 FM in Irvine. And standing by is Eunice Lynn Nichols, Vice President of Innovation at Encore.org. Welcome to the show. Thank you. So glad to be here. Well, I heard about you in the fellowship, the H. Boom Academy Fellowship that I'm part of right now. And I went on the website and I saw these great initiatives, but maybe you could tell the listeners a little bit about what Encore does. Yeah, so Encore is a national nonprofit and we bring older and younger change makers together to solve problems, bridge divides and really create a better future for all. Uh, we're really interested in changing the narrative, the way older and younger people um, both talk about the relevance and importance of being with one another and solving problems together um, and just helping people to see the assets of both. And we're also really interested in the need for more innovation. Uh, we've spent a lot of time segregating the generations often for purportedly good reasons of efficiencies. And we think right now um, it's the time to kind of bring that same level of innovation to bringing us back together to solve a lot of the problems that we're facing today. Yes. I mean, I think about what the pandemic has created as far as an increase in loneliness and depression and anxiety. And we wanted to keep our grandparents safe, but in the process, they were already isolated before and put That's at a right. distance, right? But in the process, they're even more kept to the wayside and that's really affected them. Absolutely. And I think during the pandemic, it's the first time that our young people as um, an entire generation have had to deal with uh, a similar level of physical isolation, which wasn't something they needed to empathize with before. And uh, certainly that has caused increased levels of depression and loneliness that is being felt by both generations. And at Encore, we think that these bookend generations can in some way solve each other's problems. And I also feel that what you're doing is you're having people see the value of getting to know older adults that look at the experiences they have. I've, I've heard the term uh, social capital a lot. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I, you know, I actually grew up in an intergenerational household. I'm a child of immigrants myself. And so I always had elders around. Um, my grandparents lived with us when I was young and I didn't really know there was another way to live, but it's really when I emerged in uh, the, the, the normal world as a young adult that I realized how divided we are. Um, but because I had so many foundational experiences as a young person with older adults who both shared their wisdom with me, um, helped me stay grounded in my own Chinese culture, um, were my after school program, it felt really natural as an older, as, as I've aged to just reflexively reach out and to build in more of a multi-generational life, which has certainly benefited me. Yes. I actually had somebody on my show recently uh, from Malta, and she was mm -hmm. telling me how in Malta, um, the older generations do live with you, and they actually yeah. build the homes up, and they value um, their experiences and their insight, where here, our society doesn't do that. Yeah. You know, I have several... Um peers, also children of immigrants who grew up here. And um, some of us have the same story of uh, really buying into the American dream of like, you know, you, you uh, go to college, you go get your first job, you get your apartment. And there's a sort of like, I have arrived, I have um, my own independent state. And then you look around and realize that um, you're just lonely and yeah. things feel more disconnected yeah. um, and versus I think many of us grew up in that more multi-generational household, deeply connected to more community. And so uh, I think there are a growing number of young people are saying, I don't wanna live that way. And especially during the pandemic have said, man, now that we can 
those who lived in bubbles, uh, multi-generational bubbles kind of had it better because yeah. they had people in their homes with them versus yeah. those who were living by themselves. I feel like the relationship with the grandparents is, I know for me, very different from a relationship with the parent. It's just different. They have, they're just more chill about things, at least most of the time. They have different experiences. They're not so caught up in technology, although some are very connected. Yeah. But they focus and value different things. Yeah, I think that's right. I think in some ways, um, what I hear a lot is that, that that kind of becoming a grandparent, or even if you don't have your own grandchildren, but stepping into more of that elder that elderhood stage, mm-hmm. um, is that you're not there to um, to tell a young person what to do, and you don't have like the the caregiving responsibilities per se. Yeah. Um, and so you can just focus on that person and affirming who they are, what they're doing, be helpful and supportive where you can, but you can kind of let go of the day-to-day stresses that a parent has with a child. Right. Do you feel that we need to focus on ageism early on in schools? Yeah, um, that's actually, I think, a really important topic. I think ageism um, often is said it's the one ism that we will all experience mm-hmm. and we'll all grow into uh, if we're lucky enough to, to, to get older. Um, and so for me, when I look at just my own personal journey, because I had older adults embedded in my life when I was young, um, because my first formative work experience was running one of Encore's programs that brought older adults into public schools to tutor and mentor kids, I was always surrounded by older adults doing incredibly purposeful and meaningful work. And so as a young person, it shifted my vision for what is possible, um, made me far less anxious about getting old. In fact, um, when I turned 40, I wrote a blog post a blog post entitled, Why I'm Looking Forward to 50. None of my other friends who were turning 40 had that mentality. And I didn't write that. (laughs) Nobody would write that. I wrote that and I literally was like, great, 40, you know, 50. When can I get to 50? Um, Because I knew so many 50 year olds that were transitioning into living, you know, their kids were older. They were moving into a purposeful, slightly more expansive phase of life. Um, And I've seen incredible relationships and innovation and work and kind of legacy happen in those years of life and I look forward to it and I um and I hope as I do that I do that both with older people and people who are younger than me because that's what I've seen and I think that's why young people need to care about ageism and feel like they have a stake in the game. I agree. I think we have to give students more of an opportunity to go back to what used to happen like my first internship was a candy striper in a hospital Mm. when I was 13 and I remember being a little scared and I would go into these dark rooms and somebody might be napping and I'd have to deliver flowers and I would run out after I'd put the flowers on the table. I didn't have any understanding, you know, of these are people, they're just older, you know, and they're, and they want to connect. And then as I had the experience and the comfort, you know, of doing this day after day or week after week, I I loved the connection. I loved the conversations. I loved knowing like just the simple act of talking to them, reading a little card, saying hello, asking how they are, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, You know, I know you're already familiar with two uh, fellows that are in the Gen to Gen Innovation Fellowship that Encore runs, Um, but one, Aditi Merchant, who runs Big and Mini, um, is a student at UT Austin and founded this great program that connects older adults with young people virtually for conversations, and it happened during the pandemic. 
Um, Aditi tells a story about how she in high school volunteered similar to you, um, but at a retirement community. And she would go for her one hour and then end up sometimes being there for five hours because yes. she would just get caught up in the stories and not one, but dozens of older adults who were uh, caring about Aditi and wanting to tell her stories about their life and connect it with her own experiences. Um, yeah, um, a couple of other fellows, Donna Griffin, um, who runs Eldera, another online site that actually helps you connect um, older adults with young people, um, kids in mentoring relationships. Donna was deeply formed by an elder mentor when she was younger. And when she lost her mentor, it caused her to look differently at what could she do to actually ensure that beyond just what naturally happens with you, how might you have tools and technology to formalize connections with people of other generations? I love that. Now you have an event coming up. Yes, we do. June twenty third. June twenty third. Okay. Uh, it's called Co-Generate Livestream. We're really excited about it. It's a uh, kind of new signature event for us, and it's it's a public live stream. June twenty third from ten till twelve Pacific, okay. um, and it's for anybody young or old or anything in between, who's interested in bridging generational divides to create a better world together. Um, it's designed to actually have a, a series of older and younger people in conversation with one another, um, artists, um, civic leaders, uh, nonprofit leaders, filmmakers. And yeah. so you'll get a chance to really hear two people kind of riffing off of one another and talking about the importance of intergenerational connection. I want to uh, just tell you, I put all that information on the show blog. Great. And you don't know the name of the show, or maybe you do. It's called Get the Funk Out. So it's kfci.org. <laughs> I should do a blooper reel of people's reactions to the show. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But um, it's so funny if you tie the name of the show into what this does, people, people are in a funk, you know, and when you create these opportunities, it lifts people up in meaningful ways. Yeah, I, you know, um, I, I love what you're doing there. And I think there's something about being in a, in an intergenerational space where you're working on something together mm -hmm. that lifts all boats. Like you just feel better. You've had more hope for the future. And that's not to gloss over significant challenges that are happening right, right now. But when right. you get to work on a team where um, you're seeing different perspectives because of life lived, um, Everything just feels a little more grounded. Yeah. And I do feel that we need to be more compassionate and empathetic and kind because we don't know what someone else is going through. People have experienced tremendous loss in this pandemic. Yeah. And if you can reach out to even your neighbor, an elderly neighbor, just check in, they might never get visitors or a family to come visit. That's right. Yeah. Yep. I think... Um, Sometimes when we talk to people, they say, well, you know, I don't interact with somebody of another generation because like, where would I even do that? And I think what we, what we realize is if we just open our eyes, there are actually people who are older and younger all around us. We have just been kind of um, conditioned to not see them. And if we, even if we do see them to not interact with them even more so during the pandemic. So um, thinking about who might be a neighbor of yours that you've just never even seen them, they're housebound, um, who you might see in the grocery store, but shy away from interacting with, um, who might be at your child's school, a grandparent dropping off their kid, that grandparent has a story. How might you just start to broach some natural connections in your own community? Or even on your morning walk. Yeah. You might always see this one person. I always saw this one woman that actually looked like my grandmother 
So I finally said hello and I found out her name and we would chat a little. Yes. Um, just making those connections. That's right. Have you heard of the Intergenerational Friendship Bench? I have not. It's a project that started in Zimbabwe and uh, were, were these benches that they built and the government trained um, grandmothers to just be able to help support people who might have mental health um, challenges and to be able to just sit in this like park on a bench love in a very safe public setting and mm -hmm. um, have conversations with one another. And uh, just the fact that these grandmothers were, um, you know, embedded in the community, felt safe and relational mm -hmm. made a huge difference. And it looks like there have been like 80,000 people who've sat on park benches and talked and wow. connected and felt more connected as a result. And there are other countries that have played around with that idea. I love that. I'm going to have to look that up and include that. Yeah. The friendship bench. Beautiful. What a concept. Yeah. Something so simple and so necessary. So simple. You know, when I think about things like that one um, innovator that we have really enjoyed getting to, getting to know this last year is Rowena Ritchie. And she's in an artist collective called For You. You might like to get to know Rowena as well. Okay. Um, but in the pandemic, she realized that once again, dealing specifically with social isolation and loneliness, in particular of elders, um, she was seeing as an artist and performer herself that there were all these young artists and performers that no longer had a place, a platform for performing and doing their art. And she thought maybe if I connected them one-on-one, -on -one, what the artist could do is to shift their sphere of um, focus from a broad audience to an audience of one. And the idea, the way she set up this program called Artists and Elders would be the older adult and this younger artist would be paired they would have conversation and the artist would learn about the older person's life. And then the culminating project was a gift that the artist would make for the older adult, an artistic gift mm -hmm. could be anything. And if you go to their website, um, there are just such tremendous creativity of what this artist would do. Sometimes an actual piece of art, sometimes a performative, um, uh, sometimes a performance. And it just blows you away with the compassion and the level of interest. It's amazing. Yeah. Beautiful. Do you, do you know the website for that or? Um, I do. It's, um, let me pull it up. It's called for you.productions. And okay. if you go to that site, you'll see uh, there's a spot for elders and artists. Really inspiring for people that, you know, are looking for something to do to make an impact. Yeah. And even though Rowena has a very formal um, setup to make that happen, you can also do it on your own. If you're a young person who's creative and or artistic, think about how you might reach out to somebody who's isolated, learn their story and gift them your mm -hmm. art. You know what I noticed too? I remember when my daughter had to do a community service project and she decided to spend time in a retirement home and we met Harriet. And at the time my daughter was 13, Harriet was 94. Is that correct? Yeah, about 94. And um, we, she was supposed to spend, you know, whatever, six months, mm. we stayed seven years. And I used to go with her. And yeah. because my grandparents meant so much to me, my grandmothers in particular, and you can be having kind of a tough day, but then you go and you spend time with somebody else and you put your other stuff aside for a moment mm. and you're a little more lifted as are they. Yeah. You yeah. Know? No, that's right. I think there's just the, the power of connection and being seen. Mm -hmm. um, and I think when um, I think when both the younger and older see and call out what they appreciate up about the other, there's something really powerful in that. Right. And I know for me, sometimes I'm a little too go, go, go. And then to spend that time just sitting 
and listening and maybe playing Scrabble. I mean, that was the most sitting I had done in a long time because I'm so used to just doing this and doing that. And just to stop for a moment and pause is important. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yes, you know, that reminds me of another group that we have tracked quite a bit at Encore. We love, they're called Nuns and Nuns, um, N-U-N-S and Nuns, N-O-N-E-S, which is the term that a lot of millennials use who are rejecting more formalized religion, but are very spiritually um, interested and curious. And um, often they'll, they'll tell stories of how these, the, the millennials are very social activist oriented, much more like go, go, go. And then they'll be, come into the presence of these older women religious who also have quite a track record for um, social justice work in, um, in their lives, but will open up a space with a different level of presence yes. and of like, you know, what, you know, who are you in this moment rather than going straight to the, what are you trying to do? Yes. And that, once again, that dynamic of both the energy and activism of youth combined with the presence and um, um, kind of more spiritual grounding of elders is a beautiful combination. It sure is. Anything else you'd like people to know about Encore? Um, I think the most important thing we would want you to know is just how important it is to think more expansively about uh, how, how work can get done. That if you are in a work environment or in a community where you're mostly connecting with just people of your own generation mm -hmm. uh, to do the work, to find um, somebody older or younger than you to collaborate on that work, um, do it with you. And I think the multitude of perspectives and the different energy and wisdom that will be brought to that will have ripple effects. Beautiful. Okay. And the website is just encore.org. Encore.org. Okay. And again, uh, the information about the event coming up June 23rd is on my show blog. And uh, that is getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. Eunice, I've really enjoyed this. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.